Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. The Dignity Index. Rolling civility back into the public square. Special coverage on Inside Sources. March to the midterms. We are marching to the midterms, 32 days to go. And, of course, uh, as the temperature heats up, often so does the negative rhetoric, the divisive rhetoric, the anger, fear, frustration rhetoric. Uh, If you've been tuning into the show, we've been talking about the Dignity Index uh, and what that is going to mean in terms of the conversation and how do we actually elevate the conversation in a significant way. We had Tim Shriver from uh, Unite.us. Uh, was on earlier this week talking about it, and and now we're actually into this rollout phase uh, of this test that's happening here in the state of Utah, which I think is the right place for this conversation to begin. And we're really thrilled to have some of the tag team partners in all of this. Jason Perry, of course, is the director of the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah, and we're also thrilled to have Jesse Graham, uh, who I'm going to say is the brains behind the science of the Dignity Index. Uh, he's also a professor of business and ethics at the University of Utah. Uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be with you, Boyd. Well, we've been talking about how do we elevate the conversation. We score our politicians on all kinds of votes. Do they vote well on education? Are they voting well on the Second Amendment? Are they good on tax reform, uh, government spending, and so on? But we've never really had any way to score our politicians in terms of how they treat especially the opposition, with dignity. And uh, that's what this is all about. This is a game changer, I think, not in terms, not only in terms of what we do with our politics, but I think this is a look-in-the-mirror moment uh, for all of us. And uh, so, Jesse, I'm actually going to start with you uh, because you're into the science of this. So tell us, what are, we, what are we scoring? How are we going about all of this? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Tim Shriver and, and others developed the Dignity Index, this eight-point index going from one, which is maybe total contempt for the other side, to eight, which is total dignity to the other side. We're, we're all together. Um, and the various points in between, you know, a, a four, you see the other side as maybe incompetent. A three, you see the other side as, as evil. And at two, they're an existential threat. You know, so, so you can see kind of the rhetoric uh, amping up there. And our question was, is this something that we can actually – quantify and 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 apply to texts in a, in a relatively objective way um, and so we put together an ideologically diverse group of coders because we didn't want this just to be a bunch of liberal students scoring Republicans or a bunch of conservatives scoring Democrats um, and we had a lot of conversations so we did a lot of training with them um, we started with kind of canonical texts that that we thought this really represents the spirit and the mindset of say a seven on the scale. Uh, and then we moved on to more political kinds of texts that, that the students are actually coding now. Um, and they they were really on the same page. Um, I, I wasn't even able to tell in these conversations what the political backgrounds were wow. of the different students. Um, but uh, it, it was really heartening to see that even if you have an ideologically diverse group of students coding political texts, they can come to agreement on, yeah, this is a contemptuous thing to say or this is a dignified mm thing to say. Um, and so now we have them working in, in teams of three. Um, again, the, these groups are ideologically diverse, and they uh, all rate uh, text passages individually, and then they come together. And if they all gave it the same number, great. If they didn't, we have them actually have a conversation mm-hmm. and uh, come to a consensus. Yeah. And we're going to talk about those conversations. That's going to be a fascinating thing to, to hear when they do differ, what that mm-hmm. looks like and, and what that feels like. Uh, Jason, you've been uh, around the political block uh, more than a few times. You've you've seen the good, bad, and ugly of rhetoric. 
what what is it about this index uh, that has you intrigued? What are you most watching as this starts to roll out? There are a couple of interesting things, and, and you're right, having watched campaigns for so long, and we've talked about this together, Boyd, too. Sometimes you see a commercial, you read a text, you see something, you get something in the mail. It just doesn't hit right. You, know, you say, wow, that was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. What's interesting is not very often do we say, well, how would we rate that? Uh, you know, what, what, you know, where was that on a scale? Instead of I just don't like it, let's see how much I like it or don't like it. And the interesting thing about this is it says a lot about um, the people who are saying it. Mm. But what's interesting is what it says to me as the person receiving it. Yeah. I, at what point do I say I, I'm not going to really – go with a candidate that gets ones, twos, threes, and fours every single time. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the candidates, as long as they feel like, hey, I can I can hit threes and fours all day and no one really cares about it, that's a problem. But that's how I think this is going to be interesting for me in politics is, hey, uh, candidates, I know you've been rewarded for bad behavior for a while, but I'm telling you, we, me, and hopefully we, as we watch this, say, we have a scale. Yeah. And this is there's a certain amount of kind of speech that we're not going to want to hear. Yeah, I think this is going to resonate uh, so well with so many, uh, not just here in the state of Utah, but across the country. I think there's a, an appetite for it. I don't. I think people don't quite know how to ask for it, but when they experience that higher level of conversation, uh, you can just see it. You can see it in their eyes. You can see they kind of exhale and relax just a, a little bit. Uh, and so, Jesse, back to you in terms of how we're doing this scoring. So you're looking at everything from from a debate performance mm-hmm. uh, to a speech in front of a crowd to a social media post to a, a mailer that you might get in uh, in your mailbox. Uh, and so what are we finding in this first round in terms of where where are we? What's, what's hitting? Yeah, one of the first things we found just looking at the uh, campaign materials of different candidates uh, is that it was pretty easy for us to find examples of both contempt and dignity mm-hmm. coming from every single candidate in Utah that we looked at. Um, that, that was... Uh, Kind of surprising. Um, I guess it shouldn't be so surprising, but it's not something that, you know, there's one candidate who's all contempt all the time. And Mm. here's this other candidate who's all dignity all the time. Really, all these different candidates are hitting different points on the scale um, and probably aren't that conscious of of when they're doing it, when they've slid down to that contempt side. Um, The other thing that I thought was surprising was, was last night's debate between Curtis and Wright. It was to me, staggeringly dignified. I mean, it was very, you know, they were both going out of their way to say nice things about the other side. And, and um, you know, we, we could find a, a couple of examples that were on the contempt side as well. But really, the vast majority of examples that we had coders code uh, this morning um, we're really up on the on the dignity side yeah and that's uh, that's encouraging and we need to yeah. make sure we we reward that good behavior I always say it's like teenagers if you reward the bad behavior <laughs> you get more bad behavior yeah. uh, and and Jason I think as as we look at that I think uh, we could probably predict uh, on things that are maybe a uh, campaign fundraising email or post on social, uh, you tend to get more of that contemptuous kind of language uh, versus a persuasion kind of piece uh, where you might go to that, that higher ground just a little bit. Well, we see that most often. It depends on where you are. You know, if, you, if you're way far ahead, it's easy to be very dignified. Yeah. Uh, but when these races get very close is where you sometimes start seeing it sort of devolve a bit. Yeah. And, and that's what's so interesting about this is, and that's why we're trying to promote this a little bit for these candidates. It's, the easiest thing is just to be very negative. It is, it's it's a higher uh, position when you're able to yeah. disagree in a better way and you are able to say, uh, I, I respect you even if I disagree with you. And what might just happen if you can do that and we reward that kind of behavior? We may even be able to get to policy. Yeah. It could be less than <laughs> just radical about stuff. an attack. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? Is we just focus on that because it's less about a zero-sum game of me against you and maybe it's a more of a battle of ideas in a – in a way that lets people decide after they hear a reasonable conversation. 
Yeah, and uh, and Jesse, as you look at it uh, again, kind of uh, digesting it and breaking down those those components. Uh, anything surprising to you uh, in this uh, in this first wave of what you've analyzed in terms of uh, any trends or, or anything that we should be watching for? Yeah, I, again, you know what what seemed most remarkable to me is is just that every candidate has this capacity for both dignity and mm-hmm. contempt. That it wasn't you know it's not it's not that one side is being dignified, the other side is being contemptuous. Um, and so I do think it's the kind of message that every candidate needs to hear. Yeah. Um, but again, I was very pleasantly surprised with last night's debate that it was so kind of high up on the index consistently. So I, I think that's true. As I was listening to it, and Natalie Gochner was the one that was moderating this particular debate, and it, and it is a little bit of a reflection of Utah, too. We talk about yeah. politics, but I'm I would I'm just going to go out and say it's not altogether uncommon for us to have a debate like that where you can leave not feeling bad about having participated. Sometimes you have those moments, but that was one of them where, you know, there we, we had a couple that were not all, they, there weren't eights, you know, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, perfect dignity on here. But I think it's a nice reflection of Utah and maybe why this is such a great state for us to model this kind of approach is because yeah. we're, we're pretty pretty okay with it. Yeah. Fantastic. If you're just joining us, we're uh, talking about the Dignity Index. We're going to stay with the question just a little bit longer. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. Bottom of the hour. Coming up, more on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We're going to elevate the conversation with the Dignity Index. Find out how it applies to you. Coming up next. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are doing the deep dive into elevating the conversation today. We're continuing our conversation on the Dignity Index and its latest scores of Utah's candidates. Again, uh, rolling out here, uh, we're talking with Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute and Jesse Graham uh, from the University of Utah. And as we talk about this index, again, it's going from this idea of contempt where if someone disagrees with you, they are suddenly worthless. And so you can say whatever you want about them. You can demonize them. You can blow up their Twitter feed or melt down their Facebook page. Uh, and you can feel good about yourself, sleep at night and go to church on Sunday and, and all is well. Uh, but it's more than that. It's getting to this idea of not just civility, but dignity in terms of how we treat each other. And uh, Jesse, I know you're the, the brains behind the science of this dignity index. And the one thing I want to make sure people really understand about it is that this is not this is not about word police. Uh, this is not about uh, just, you know, being a rush to judgment of, oh, you said the wrong word or you did it this way. Uh, tell us how the scores are going up and down on that dignity scale. Not again, not just the candidates, what they're saying, but how yeah. they're saying it that impacts this dignity index score. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's it's really important to note that we're not scoring candidates themselves, right? We're right. not saying this candidate is a six on the scale and this ca- other candidate is only a two on the scale. Um, we're really coding passages of texts. Um, yeah. And the, the, the ones that we've coded so far, we can find examples of contempt and dignity from every candidate. And so it really is the kind of thing that I think, I think all of these candidates, um, probably without realizing it, are moving up and down on the scale. Yeah. And so let's talk about some of the words that tend to drive that. Uh, it seems to me that the word of the year in this election cycle is extreme. Uh, whether you are on the right or on the left, uh, you are demonizing uh, or showing contempt for your opponent by saying they're an extreme left-wing liberal or an extreme right-wing wacko. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to be something. What What else are we seeing in terms of uh, what's driving those scores? Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you think of 
where contempt might start is kind of in the middle of the scale, like a, a, about a four on this mm-hmm. eight-point scale. It's my opponent is incompetent or my mm-hmm. opponent is is stupid, but they're not necessarily evil. As you move down on the scale, now they're evil, and mm-hmm. even worse, they're an existential threat. They're yeah. they're something that you know. And now, the, and the very bottom of the scale, I think, is sort of like we have a moral duty to destroy them, where you're really advocating for violence against the other side. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's not just us versus them; it's us or them. Yeah, it's one or the other, mm-hmm. and we need to destroy them. Yeah. And so that's like the real kind of ex- extreme contempt, I think. But but it, it could start with just you know sort of labeling them extreme or making fun of them, you know, yeah. name calling, things like that. That's that's the beginning. Usually where it starts. Yeah. 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 Jason, we had a fascinating conversation on the Hinkley Report today, which you anchor and host uh, every week, uh, talking about this idea that so many so many are not voting for candidates anymore. They're they're voting against those that they have contempt for, and that seems to be the the scale. Where are we headed on that? Well, we're not heading in the right direction is the answer on that. And so we start looking when, you know, at, at candidates and how people vote. And that's just such a very important and insightful question there is what motivates you? Someone I really appreciate and, and support or someone I really hate? Because mm. sometimes people are showing up and say, I'm so opposed to this person. You know, that's why I'm showing up, which is not the same as saying I, I love the policies. I love the positions and I'm voting because I believe in these things. Mostly it's like I'm voting because someone is not someone else. Else, yeah, which is such an interesting position to be in because it's that sort of the zero sum game right now. It's it is us versus them. It's what Jesse was talking about. These labels start attaching these negative labels, which are connected to contempt itself. Yeah. And so my, if my whole dialogue is this: I'm opposed to someone, and that's why I show up, and then insert a whole list of negative labels to them. Well, you're on the road to contempt. Since you asked where it's going, you're on yeah. the road to contempt. Yeah, yeah. and it's such a, an interesting opportunity. We've also been talking about. Uh, the fact that the contempt uh, and the language often keeps us a safe distance from having a conversation that would lead mm-hmm. to good policy or good outcomes. Uh, and so let me stay with you for a second, Jason, uh, as you see this. How is it that we, we can set aside some of this contempt and actually create space so we can actually get to the principles and the policy discussion? Well, that's one of my hopes of this Dignity Index right now is every single person listening now Every single person that goes through the midterms right here, they listen and they apply their own dignity index yeah. to this kind of speech. That is where you start having a real positive impact. You know, just it's, it's not just enough I just didn't like this. But if you want to change something over time, the best thing you do is you start finding a way to grade it. You find a way to ascribe something to it so I can say, well, the dialogue has moved from a four up to a five. I think that's what we have to do, but it really takes all of us. Uh, to to really expect this of these candidates of the speech that we're we're getting, yeah, and I think one of the the great things of the index, I know it has changed my thinking on a host of conversations in the office, at home, in the community, uh, because now suddenly I'm thinking, oh, okay, did I just did I just show a little contempt for that person just because I disagreed with you know what happened in this meeting at the office or this happened in the community, uh, and I think it's a real opportunity to use our politicians to look in the mirror. And say, what am I putting out there? What am I putting on my social media feeds? How am I? I have to admit, I've even said I did not do a good job of framing that uh, with my wife (laughs) Uh, and changing that. Even those conversations changing, I think, changes everything. If I may, you made, I think, just such the important pivot in this right now because we're doing this in this speech from these candidates. But how how often are we monitoring our own? Yeah. You know, this third-party impact, you know, this third-person impact. You know, I post wherever I want online because that's not me. That's 
It's, it's online. It's on, <laughs> online. But I think you hit just the, a perfect point. Yeah. Well, Jesse, let's go uh, back in terms of, of what you expect to see. Obviously, as we get closer, uh, campaigns get a little more desperate. Uh, yeah. uh, typically, we see things ratchet up uh, rhetorically. Uh, is this something you're going to be monitoring with the indexes, how things change as the election day gets closer? Yeah, definitely. We're, we're really interested in, in change over time. Um, also kind of interested in are there differences, consistent systematic differences between different kind of media, mm-hmm. um, you know, the debate last night was very dignified, and that's yeah. two people looking at each other kind of face-to-face or, you know, standing close to each other. Yeah. Um, but like like you were saying, uh, on social media, you might not see the person, and you might not feel those consequences and feel free to be much more contemptuous. Um, and yeah, the, you know, campaign emails uh, asking for donations – as it's getting closer and closer to the election and people are getting more and more desperate, are we going to see more contempt coming out of those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jason, final thought uh, as we uh, really launch this today, and uh, we're going to do this every Friday at 2.20 on this show. We're going to look at what's being scored, what the coders are doing, what it tells us about where the language is. Uh, what, what's your hope as we come down these uh, final 32 days? Well, my, my hope is we get closer to the side of dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so hard in politics. I, you know, I, I, I was remembering a poll this week from, from Pew uh, put out, said 72% of Americans feel like their party is losing on every issue they care about. <laughs> That's they, they all everyone's feels like they're losing. Yeah. So that's not what politics is about. That's not what the policy is about. It should be about us feeling like I'm advancing something that we believe in in some way. And that doesn't happen on the the, the contempt side of the spectrum. Yeah. So important that we get uh, that we get past that. And again, getting away from the contempt is a good thing. Getting to civ- civility is better. Uh, but really the result we're after is to get to dignity uh, because I actually believe that's where the solutions to all of the big problems, whether it's here in the state or whether it's across the country or in Washington, D.C., the solutions are always going to be found on that higher ground when we respect the dignity, especially of those we disagree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's easy, uh, I think, for all of us to yell those angry, contemptuous talking points at our enemies. Yep. Uh, I think part of the Dignity Index genius is it gives all of us the opportunity and the responsibility to turn around and talk to our friends and those that we agree with and say, we can do better. We can elevate the conversation. Jesse Graham, uh, brains behind the science of the Dignity Index, also a professor of business and ethics at the University of Utah. Jason Perry, our good friend from the Hinckley Institute. Appreciate both of you being in. And again, we're going to do this every Friday, 2.20. The Dignity Index scores will come out on what's happening on the campaign trail, what messages are being sent, and more importantly, how are they being sent, and what do we do as citizens? What behavior do we reward And how do we get to that higher ground, which is actually where we find common ground? All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, final thoughts on a Friday here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Stick around. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and if uh, you're just tuning in, uh, we have been rolling out this new idea around the Dignity Index, uh, and this is a, a project that I think has a lot of possibilities uh, and a lot of opportunities for all of us to rethink how we think about those that we disagree with. Now, initially, they're uh, focused on campaigns and campaign speech and what our politicians 
uh, and those running for office are saying and how they are saying it. Uh, it really isn't uh, whether you agree or not with the policy uh, of a particular candidate. It's how are they talking to those they disagree with. And I want to be really clear. This index is is not about Pollyanna. It is not about group hugs or kumbaya. Uh, it's about how we treat each other and how we create space for better discussions that lead to better outcomes and better results. And so the, the Dignity Index is one of the tools uh, that we're going to use on this program, again, every Friday at 2.20. Uh, and this group uh, that includes uh, some of those from the University of Utah, we just had Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics, uh, Jesse Graham, uh, who is a professor of business and ethics at the University of Utah, uh, and who has been working through this process of how do you score that kind of speech? And what is it that influences whether something has more dignity in it or more contempt. And so it, it really gets into a really interesting discussion. And and I think the, the way to lead into the discussion uh, is something I, sh- I shared on the program uh, late last week. And it was following the appearance of the former Vice President Mike Pence at Utah Valley University. And you may recall that after the Vice President spoke at Utah Valley University, we had several students come on the show to get a response. I wanted to know, what do the kids think? What do the students think at Utah Valley University about this speech from former Vice President Mike Pence? And it was a very fascinating discussion. And one of the students uh, introduced himself as being left of socialist. Uh, That was kind of the lead in. And then he said that for the past five years, he had spent a lot of his time arguing about, disagreeing with, targeting everything that Mike Pence had said, attacking it online, disputing it, arguing against it, demonizing it. And then he said, today I was in the room with the former vice president. And he said, I had to see him as human. And he had to see him that this was a man of principle, man of conviction and passion, a person who cared about the country. And this student, uh, the visual of it was so compelling to me because he kept trying to interlock his, his fingers. As he described, he says, I can't mesh the monster Mike Pence that I've created in my mind with Mike Pence, the man that I was in the same room with and listened to today. Couldn't square that circle. And that image, to me, is the heart and soul of the Dignity Index. Here you had a young student who'd been spending a lot of time on social media, arguing against, fighting about uh, things that Mike Pence uh, and the former administration had done, was doing, all of those things. But then he had to see him as a human being, And he wasn't the monster he had created in his mind. That's the difference between going from contempt to dignity. And that's what the Dignity Index is attempting to do. And so you can look at everything in our politics from a campaign mailer, a fundraising email, a social media post, a debate, a speech in front of fans and constituents or potential voters. 
And so how we treat the other person, again, especially those that we disagree with, matters. And I'm just going to reemphasize it matters not just to those running for public office. It matters to all of us every day, all day long. And whether that conversation is with one of your children, your neighbor, someone in your community, someone at work, someone in your faith community, someone in in business or politics or whatever it may be, it applies to all of us all the time. And I think we have had this numbing of conscience when it comes to contempt. And I think that's the cancer that we've got to eradicate in the country. And so we're going to do that every week on this show, every Friday at 2.20. Our friends will come in and they'll share some of their scoring on the candidates, on not on whether they agree or not with those candidates or whether they want those candidates to win, but on how are those candidates communicating. And that's what we want to get to. That's the conversation that we want to see. It was interesting uh, with my young friend down at Utah Valley University. After we finished our discussion, he said, now I still disagree with former Vice President Mike Pence on every policy issue. But I see him as a human being, not a monster. That's where we want to get. And so if you start looking at some of the language, some of the scoring that has uh, come out in this first round, uh, if you just kind of bounce through words that tend to lead towards a very contempt-filled statement, uh, you can. He- we talked about the word extreme. We hear words like obstructionist. Uh, we hear things like far right or far left. Those are all things that are going to lower that dignity index scale. And then you also think, see things of, you know, it's an honor to work with this person. Uh, we agree on this part of this particular piece of legislation. Uh, it's just very different. And so, you know, you have a, a, a tweet. No one can argue right or left about what's happening, and it's unacceptable. As opposed to, you know, the right is wrong and doesn't care, or the left is wrong and they're evil. Uh, that's where this leads us to. And it's that different kind of conversation. And and the sad thing is we have been so consumed over performative politics and people using wild, contemptuous language to get attention. And sadly, it's been working. And I... I don't have confidence in all of the politics of the country to believe that that's going to change through them. I think the way it will change is through all of us. They're more a reflection of what we're willing to accept and engage in. And so if we stop rewarding that hideous email and make a donation to a campaign because they used hateful, hurtful, angry, fearful rhetoric to get us to send in 25 bucks so that they can fight the awful evil enemy. Don't reward that. If we stop rewarding it, they'll stop doing it. And so it is a a call to all of us. And uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about with the dignity index is that it will change the way we think Uh, each of us individually, not just the politics. Remember it's community 
and culture that lead. And the politicians will follow every time. It's always been that way in this country. It's time for us to lead. I think the Dignity Index gives us a chance and a tool to make it happen better and faster. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference.